Welcome to Life and Love Nuggets, where licensed therapists Brent and Janice Sharp share how you can thrive in your life, your love, and your relationships. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Life and Love Nuggets. We're so glad that you're with us again. We've been, we started this series. Um, my son Preston, oldest uh, son Preston, is with us. And so we've been started this series on just talking about kind of your journey and what it was like to go move from Tulsa, Oklahoma to Nashville, Tennessee, and plant a church 10 years ago and just the ups and downs and ins and outs of that. And we've been talking about um, really how this relates to all of us, where we can yeah. easily get kind of caught up in kind of performance issues in our life and how um, we can spend a lot of time and energy trying to find a sense of self yeah. in life. And we've kind of been taught since we were little people. Again, we've talked about whatever great families we've come from. You know, I you know, felt very loved and secure in, in with my parents but certainly went to schools and churches and in all kinds of situations that I was taught real quick that you're valuable because of this, because right. of how you perform and how people think of you. And those seem to be two really driving forces in our culture. And we talked about the fact that those are kind of kingdom of man principles. And if, yes. though, if we're if we allow ourselves to flow, whatever we do in life, mm -hmm. we've just been talking about what it's like to be in the ministry, you know, yeah. to do that. Um, but whatever we do in life, um, if that's the, the pathway we we're chasing, then we're going to probably struggle at some point because we get to a certain level of accomplishment and well, that's not quite enough. And I need to keep doing this and I keep needing to do this. And yeah, and uh, so we talked about how to recognize that and to realize that the only way that we find a true sense of self is recognizing that we've been created with an intrinsic, intrinsic sense of value for yes. who we're created in the image of and that we have um, this sense of, of purpose in life of a reflecting the nature of God well in the world. Yeah. And so whatever we do in life. And so, but how easy it is. We, we ended the, the last discussion about kind of performance issues for pastors and what right. it's like when people leave our church. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, you're talking about the different things, people moving and well, yeah. I decided to go to this church and do this and do that. And that pastors are kind of set up with, you're just as good as your last sermon. Yeah. You know, when people used to say, oh, I loved what you shared today, I just kind of felt pressure that, well, I got to do a little bit better next time. <laughs> right, you know? right. And you talked about reasons people would leave and so forth. And, and I remember, you know, somebody and, well, our, you know, I, I felt like I had poured my life into this family and yeah. helped them through different difficulties and stuff. And, and they said, you know, our, our four-year-old's playing soccer on a team with a little friend down the street, and he goes to this church that has this Sunday school, and so we're going to go to that church now. Right, right. And bless their heart, they had no idea yeah. how that would affect me again, right. and and the pastors have to get to a place of being healthy to where I'm I'm present with these people. Yeah. I'm I'm here to help them with. Where they're at, um, certainly 
can't expect them to really be yes. take care of me. Right, exactly. I'm here to serve them. Yes, yes. And it's, but it's easier said than done. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> so, no. I don't know. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you know. Just curious about your experience with all that. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, those things are really challenging. And I think that something you hit on that I'm really glad that you said is in no way do we want or expect people to make their decisions based on how we're going to feel, Absolutely. you know, like, Absolutely. and so there's a health that comes from that, that of, of acknowledging, I, I love, um, you know, I, my Bishop Ed Gunger often talks about, um, holding people lovingly and loosely. Yeah. So there's a sense and he's always been so good at this. You're so good at this, but, but a way in this, in we love people fully, but we also understand that they may choose to do something we different tomorrow. Them. Exactly. Right. There's not no control. Hours, right? And no. that's actually true love because yeah. true love is not control. Control is not loving. And so that's something that, that pastors have to learn. I think that's something that we all have to learn. And then one of the things you were talking about, the intrinsic sense of self that is just so important and knowing that we're loved unconditionally. That's something that we often say. We say it in churches. I think I try to preach it in every sermon that you're loved unconditionally. And yet for some reason as humans, we can't seem to quite get that. I'm getting that from our head to our hearts. Totally. And so I I think one of the cool things that happens though, is when we understand that for ourselves, it's transformational. And when I say understand it, not that we we achieve it all of a sudden. Oh, now I know I'm loved unconditionally. And so everything, we constantly wrestle with it and wrestle with getting it into our heart and and into who we are. But, but when we get, it can be transformational for us when we live into that and we step into that. And it can also be transformational in how we see other people because we stop looking at them through lenses of what they can do for us Mm. or they're in the successful team or the unsuccessful team, you know, or they're uh, you know, whatever, uh, but we can look at people as complex creatures who are all fully loved by God. Yeah. I, I was thinking about, as we were talking the last time too, thinking about the encounters that we have, the social encounters that we have, and how often when we start on the surface, after we've talked about the weather and what our favorite football team is doing, <laughs> and we get a little bit deeper, we start talking about work, what people are doing. And some people, when they get in social situations, they put on the best face possible, which most of us do. Well, this is going really well. This has been good. And, and, and we don't really talk as much about the things we're struggling with or the mm-hmm. painful things that have happened over the past year. But then when somebody does bring that up, when they're vulnerable enough to say, you know, the pandemic really just wiped out my whole business mm. it's been really challenging. And I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do. Sometimes we switch from, uh, oh, they were really successful and they did all these things to, oh, whoa, are you mm. like, oh my gosh, your whole life's just crashed down. And oh man, you're, and, and we start to see them through a negative mm-hmm. kind of lens, maybe instead of looking at each person as a complex series of things going on in their life and knowing God is doing something in them and revealing something to them about himself and about themselves through everything that they're experiencing the successful things and the challenges. And so being able to look at that and sit with people's pain and then also be able to say something like, gosh, I'm so sorry that that has happened. Here's one of the things I've just always appreciated about you, Mm. just valued about you and your heart and who you are. Not, I really appreciate about you that you made X amount of dollars last year. No, I really appreciate about you 
that you were generous to me in this situation, or you were kind to me, or, or I love how you love your kids or your, you know, your wife, that kind of thing. Um, I think all that's important. Well, what you're doing there is you're representing the unconditional love of God to that person. It's right. God with skin on him, right. you know? And I think one of the reasons we have a hard time getting this from our head to our heart which, by the way, they suggest is the is the longest eighteen inches on the planet. Is <laughs> yeah. the, the difference between our head and our heart? Yeah. Um, is because people don't love this way. Yeah, people do put people in categories. Yeah, they they, they and they don't, aren't fully accepting of people that are going through difficulties or have brokenness in their life. And so, the ability to be with people and sit with them and accept them, whatever ups and downs and all around is, is the representation of that nature, um, God's nature um, to people. And I think that's how we gain a greater understanding. You know, it suggested the greatest love that's ever been is to be the most powerful love is to be fully known and fully loved. Yes is to be able to live our life completely open, honest, and transparent, and yet still be fully loved. Yeah. That, and, and gosh, those those circumstances where that is found yes. are few oh and far gosh. between. But powerful. Oh, my gosh. But, but powerful. So powerful. Right? I mean, it's yeah. you know, in my work as a counselor, we've seen this kind of in the recovery mm-hmm. um, organizations, you yeah. know, the the started with Alcoholics Anonymous back in the 50s and you know, all different kinds of expressions of this. But yeah. what we see that's happened, I've listened for the, of these testimonials of people that have had these experiences. They've hit bottom, yeah. you know, in the most difficult places. And they step into a community wow. that wraps their arms around them and yeah. they're all in the same playing field. And yeah. it's, we understand because we've been there. Oh, my gosh, I'm thinking... This is what our churches should be, yes, right? right? And yet everybody, seemingly in our churches, we're scared to death of yes. letting people know who we really are, ah. what is really my real life is, because I'm not sure how you're going to look at that. That's right. I'm afraid you're going to judge that or, yeah. or not accept me anymore. Or all of a sudden, now you're going to be in a little higher plane in life than I am. Yeah. And, and so we all kind of keep everything pretty close to the vest. Um, yeah. And... I would suggest, therefore, comp- real healing has a hard time of actually happening in yes, those settings. That's right. Uh, because everybody's kind of managing that's right. life. And so, um, so not only being able to live in a way that we live that openness to yeah. others, but also be that yeah. to people that are, are being open, I think, is the only way that we communicate what we've been talking about kingdom of man principles, but the kingdom of God principle That's right. is that you are valuable because of who you are, yeah. not because of what you've done, not because of these successes or whatever. You talk about the challenge of getting it from your head to your heart. And mm-hmm. I love that. Of course, when we talk about our heart, we're not talking about the muscle that pumps right. blood. No, exactly. We're yeah. talking about the core of who we are, the oh. essence of who we are. In fact, in scripture, some places it suggests that we should translate heart belly because it's like the center, yeah. the core of who we are that, that, that really emanates from us. So there's always this challenge. How do we get that 18 inches to, to cross? Yeah. You guys in marriage talk so much about healthy habits. Yes. 
and how those healthy habits help us get those things we know intellectually to the core of who we yes. are, to where it changes right. us. And it's the same in our in our walk with God, in mm-hmm. our devotional life, in our um, sacramental life, that those things we do over and over again have that way of, okay, I knew, I know God forgives me. I know he loves me, but, but for it to actually change it, it begins to get into our habits. So of course we talk about prayer. I mean, every good pastor worth his salt is going to, or her salt is going to say, pray, you know, pray to God and read your Bible and, you know, these kind of things. But, but even things like, you know, when we receive communion at church, that it's a meal we're actually ingesting, Mm -hmm. that God's presence is with us. And there's a sense of you are what you eat. Mm. So whatever you do that over and over again, it gets that from your head, to your heart, it begins to transform and change you fully to where it's like, I am receiving of the meal of the love of God, of Christ's love for me. And that has, that changes me, changes who I am. That's yeah, those practices. Yeah. You know, when, we, when we did the, um, kind of the, the few sessions on the Enneagram and yeah. different numbers that we identify as and we talked about these disciplines or these practices that help us transform and to to change who we are um and you know i have a really good friend of mine uh who we've both been in this field we've both been counselors for 40 plus years and and we've seen this um you know probably the majority of people that have ever walked in my door, one of the core foundational things that they all are dealing with is who am I? Uh, Am I significant? Do I count? Um, Am I valuable in the world? Now they don't necessarily, they're not walking around saying that to other people, but that's, that's what they're struggling with. And it comes out in all kinds of manifestations. Cause if we don't have this sense of, who we really are away from our performance and opinion of others and all those kind of things, then we will look for other things to find satisfaction in and happiness. And we say that if we, we don't know God's plan on how to find a place of peace and a sense of self and sense of purpose in life, well, there's like a gazillion counterfeits, right, right? Things that will say this will make you happy, this will fulfill you, this yep. will satisfy you, this will numb you out so you don't feel your pain. All of these kind of things that people are chasing after, yeah. And that's what gets them into trouble because we call it a counterfeit because it's it's not fully satisfying. That's right. I always I always say it's a little bit like drinking salt water. Yeah. You, if you're out in the desert and you're thirsty and you come over a hill and you see the ocean, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I, my thirst has now been quenched. Yeah, I mean, I've got all the water I could ever imagine. Yeah, but the moment I drink from that water, it just makes me thirstier. Yes. So a counterfeit is something we're chasing after that just never fully satisfies. So I have to have more and more and more. So I have to have more accomplishments, more success, more money. Yeah. More phenomenal experiences, more friends, more yeah. Facebook posts or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it never fully satisfies. Right. And so it's again, recognizing that those things aren't doing it. Yeah. And so reorienting ourselves to what is going to bring that fulfillment. And so where I was going with my story <laughs> My friend and I have been doing this journey and been working with people caught in traps and counterfeits and coming to us, sharing stuff that they've never shared with any other human on the planet before, 
um, and wondering how we're going to even respond. You know, I think they're a little nervous because they're not sure we're not going to shame them or whatever. Yeah. And then they all of a sudden feel like they've, oh my gosh, this person's actually accepting me and loving me and caring for me. But my friend and I are going, how long have we been teaching this to others? <laughs> yes, right. And because right. we keep, we're very open with each other and yes. they're like, and how much am I still caught in this? Uh, <laughs> yes. Know? So over the years of church work, you know, I'd talk about a difficult thing that we'd go through and all of a sudden the political world is swirling and it's infecting I would call it literally infecting our church. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And and people find out that their faith has a lot to do with their politics. And yeah, they've that's like right. melded those together. Yeah. And so I've talked to him about the difficulties and challenges and you know, this last decade or two, I mean, how many how much of that's pervasive, you know, yeah. in the church world now and and you know, believing as a pastor that we're supposed to have people from all different political spectrums in our churches. Sure. I mean, this isn't this how it should be. Sure. And when I yep. say that to people, they look at me like I've lost my mind. That's I'm growing great. horns or something, you yeah. know? <laughs> and so I'd be sharing that with my friend. And, yeah. and, um, and, and he was like, and you're going to fix all of this? <laughs> and because they're thinking this, that means you're failing? So, I mean, so, yes. Brad, how long? <laughs> Yeah. Is it going to take for you to, for this sink into your heart, you know? Yeah. So the point is we have to do it over and over right. and over again, meditate on the truths and remind ourselves of the truths and remind each other of the truths and the way that we love each other uh, reminds us of that nature of, of who we are and, right. and where we get our value from. That's right. That's so good. And in the Bible, it's called idolatry, Right. When we build something that's a counterfeit, the difference between an idol and the one true God is we make the idol. Mm -hmm. We can control it. It's something that we can make and we can go, look, God is this thing I've crafted and this is my God and I'm going to worship that thing. That thing can be uh, approval. That thing can be performance. That thing can be things like our political perspective. Yeah. It can be all these things that we go, cause I'm in control of this and I can make it do better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in the ancient world, that's what they did. I mean, so many of the idols were built around the harvest or built mm-hmm. around fertility. So mm-hmm. it was either I can have babies, I need to pray to this God to have babies or to have a better harvest or an economic mm-hmm. kind of harvest that happens. And so that was the idea. In fact, the, the people who worship the one true God, the Hebrew people who worship the one true God, the reason why they're so tempted by these other gods is these gods promised your harvest is going to be better and you're going to have more babies. <laughs> who doesn't want that? Right? But they yeah. just keep yeah. turning towards this. So that's why the Old Testament especially is full of all these ways where God says, stop doing that. Quit like it. you need yeah. to worship the one true God, just yeah. me and me alone. And so that's what you're talking about is yeah. this reminding ourselves of the truth that thing's not going to satisfy you. If you keep chasing after it, it's just going to go nowhere. It's not going to meet your need yeah. because you made it, you crafted it. Yeah. And so it's really an upside down kind of a thing, right? That's right. I mean, what, um, where we're going to find places of a sense of self, a sense of fulfillment and peace in life is going to be really counter to yeah. the obvious ways that our world suggests. Yeah. And so, um, really paying attention to that and not, but it's so easy to get caught up Let in me the say counterfeit. One more thing about go, that. Go, 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 go. So 
we even do this like when it comes to like the economy, you know, the economy shifts. Mm. And we often talk about the economy like it's a God. Mm, sure. So we say, what's happening with the economy? This like big mystical thing. Now we know that's all dollars and cents, like on the ground level. But the way we talk about it is this like mighty being that's mm-hmm. like wrapping no. things and doing things. And then our anxiety is often built off of that. So whatever the economy is, is doing, then that causes us to stress. Reminding yourself of the truth is not ignoring that those factors are present, but it's putting them into perspective and saying, okay, I do believe that the one true God cares about me, loves me, defines who I am. I'm not defined by those other forces and has, has good for me and for the whole world. Very good. Well, I think we could probably talk forever sorry. on yeah. some of this. No, no, <laughs> no, everybody, yeah. sorry. Thank you for, I appreciate you um, just talking about these, these ways that we see that, that um, we can, there's just different paths, right? Go off track. A way yep. we can get off track so easily. And um, and it gets confusing because of it's so pervasive in culture of this is talked about control, that this oh. is the way to happiness. These are good people. Right. This is the right way to be. Yep. And we're gonna control this system and then we're gonna get all the bad people over there and yeah. get them maybe even legislate so they can't be bad anymore. Right, right. <laughs> and all of that is this sense of control yeah. that we have. And it, um, and just really being paying attention to that. That's and right. So uh, our time for this yeah. moment <laughs> is come. But thank you again for um, joining us in this. And we trust that in all of our journeys that, I think one of the things that is so significant about this moment that we've talked about is how can I be a representation of the nature of God's love Mm. um, to us? How can I be that to others? How can I represent that to others? And so that they might see what this is like, because again, the reason we don't, trust that that's how God really thinks and is, is because we just don't see that much. That's right. And, but we can, each of us, one by one can make a difference. And That's good. So for today, go in peace. Blessings as you go. The Life and Love Nuggets podcast should not be considered or used for counseling, but for educational purposes only.